Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides podcast a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Betches Brides podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Pellegrino. And today we have a very, very special guest. I've been counting down the days till this one. We've been meaning to have her on for a while, actually. So a lot of you are already huge fans of her. You went crazy in my DMs when I posted that we're having her on. And if you aren't a huge fan of her, you will be after this episode. Just to like rattle off some of the things she is just known for. She does. She's everywhere and does everything. She's a mental health advocate, a body image advocate, a TED Talk speaker a former D1 athlete at USC, host of the incredible podcast, Real Pod, Victoria Garrick. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. Oh my gosh, Nicole. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And that just, I can't believe that people would DM you and say they were excited for me to be here. I still feel like such a, like a little loser in my own apartment where I like do everything. So that blows my mind. You are, I'm not kidding. Like I, I, didn't expect it either because like I don't know I just think we all are in our own little like wedding bride bubble when we're brides but when I posted the little CTA slide we call it call to action asking for questions for you which we got a ton of our audience was going nuts they were like I love her podcast she's a bride like why haven't you had her on yet like getting mad at me (laughs) so it's really been a long time coming so thank you for making time for us of course Yes. Well, okay. So a lot of the topics that you discuss on your podcast, Real Pod, which by the way, you guys, please do check it out if you haven't. It really is so good. It makes you feel good, honestly, which we need during wedding planning. A lot of the topics there and on your Instagram and your TikTok are around body image and just helping people feel confident in their own bodies which wedding planning is one of those things where it's really easy for our insecurities to come out like crazy with everybody's comments and opinions and the pressure (laughs) that comes with getting married. So we're going to talk all about that. But first, we always like to start with background on the relationship. Can you tell us your fiance's name is Max, right? 
Yes. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I've never been on a podcast where I've been asked to talk about my freaking soulmate. So let's go. Which like, I just realized is so like anti-feminist of me and being like, welcome. Nicole. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. I literally love talking about Max. And also I bet, I feel like everyone listening to this probably is in a relationship or something to do with weddings because you know, it's very bride themed, Um, which I love because I often feel like I can't really just talk about how amazing Max is and how amazing our relationship is and how much mm-hmm. I love him because people are not all in love and not all in relationships and you don't want to be bragging. You don't want to be annoying. So right. I find that I like never get to talk about it. So I'm thrilled. Thank you. Here, here <laughs> you do. So we want to hear all about it. Where'd you meet him? How do you propose that thing? Max and I met in college at USC. Um, we are college sweethearts and we've been together for about six years how did he propose? Oh my gosh. It is such a long story, but I'll make, I feel like everyone says that I'll make it short. Um, we were <laughs> doing a little staycation in Malibu. Um, we live like in the LA area and, uh, we get to this hotel where I think we're going to stay for like three nights, but really we're only staying for one night because dinner, the very first night he proposed to me, I was completely shocked. Um, And, you know, we went to a little after party where all of my friends and family were, had flown in for this. I mean, it was wild. Um, And he told me we weren't staying there for the weekend, just that night. And then the next night was an engagement party at my parents' house um, who live in LA. And like literally everyone who I know knew, like everyone knew except for me, which is risky business. Um, and it almost got spoiled, but uh, Max made it out alive, and I said yes. <laughs> Yay. Okay, you did a really good job of keeping that story condensed because I know how hard it is to do because there are yes. so many details. But that also, I've said it once and I'll say it again. That's my favorite type of engagement when they really put forth the planning to make sure all your friends and family are there after. And it, it is miraculous that you didn't know because there was, yeah, there was so much planning, honestly, that. And Max went above and beyond. It was literally a perfect proposal, like so extra, like it could have been a mini wedding, honestly. And so I think that has really bought him brownie points for the next like however many years because I just can't, I can't get mad at anything. Like I just think about the the proposal and I'm like, that was above and beyond. And if anyone does want the full story, there's like a 45 minute breakdown on my podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, go there. Speaking of your podcast, there really is the I listened to the shed why I'm not shedding for the wedding episode, which we will talk all about. But yeah, I mean, on that note, a ton of brides feel this pressure, right? Like this, especially when it comes to like shedding for the wedding, or just this pressure around how they how they're gonna look on the wedding day. Um I guess, have you felt this pressure throughout your process? Like since Max proposed, did you feel that pressure right away or have you felt it at all? It's unique for me because I am at a place in my life where my relationship with food and body image is the healthiest it's ever been. If I had been engaged in planning my wedding at 18, you know, it would have been a completely different story. So I definitely am I'm at a place where it is easier for me to apply some of the principles, you know, like it's not about how I look and it doesn't matter what size dress I'm I'm wearing because that's a lot of the work I've been doing like for the past few years. Um mm-hmm. that said, of course, 
you know, it's different than just going to dinner on a Saturday night and wanting to look cute. You know, even if you've done the work and you're really trying, there is all this hype around how are you going to look? What are you going to wear? How are you doing your hair, your makeup? Mm -hmm. I mean, the photos, there's such an emphasis now on the photos, you know, like I keep saying nowadays, it's as if the wedding is only as good as its photos. Mm -hmm. And that's, fucked for lack of a better term. I mean, honestly, that like we have a day that is to celebrate something so special and we're literally orchestrating things for photographs. You know, I've been in conversations where a florist is like, well, we should put flowers here just because it'll be in the background of this shot. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whoa, you know, we're literally paying to put flowers somewhere for the picture. So whether I, you know, have this great relationship with myself now or not, Everyone else is putting an emphasis on it, and it can be really difficult. And I forget what, what the uh, what the question was. My bad. No, but you're answering it. Of, the pressure, all about the. Sorry, yeah, pressure. I'm getting on my soapbox. <laughs> um, but you know, for me, I've just really had to keep reminding myself, honestly, how do I want to feel on my wedding day? You know, I'm I'm like I'm viewing it like a game day. You know, and when I was an elite athlete. You don't just show up on a very important game day and just wing it. You think about it. You practice for it. You rehearse Mm -hmm. for it. And for some people, and maybe in a toxic environment, that means I'm dieting. I'm eating a certain way. I'm tanning. You know, or for me, it looks like I want to be present. I want to focus on family and connecting with people. Um, I want to focus on being grateful. I want to prepare for something to go wrong so that when it does, I don't have a panic. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's like... I'm really establishing what I want my wedding day to be about, how I want to feel on that day, and then constantly coming back to that throughout the process. I love that. That's really the best way to think about it. And you, you're that way, like when you're focusing on those things, you'll be able to be in the moment on the wedding day versus just like worried about how you're looking. I love that you pointed out like the photos thing too, because it is literally such, I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. I, I feel like with Betch's Brides, I was like, I got married this last September feels like it was just yesterday but um I was like you know I have to I have to do so much for photos literally my (laughs) I posted a TikTok where I got dragged because basically my photographer Mike and I my husband forgot to write letters to each other um on the morning of the wedding like there was just so much we forgot to oh 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 I saw it where you pretended to read something right yes Yes. And I'm telling you, when you said the thing about photos, that popped into my head. And it's like, that literally, it happened so fast. I don't even know who like put the fake letter in my hand and like told me I was like a little robot at that point. Like we were rushing, like somebody was like, just pretend to read this. And I literally looked back and I was like, this is so dumb. Why did I do this? So I think it's just like, but but honestly, like, if, if that were to bring you or anyone joy and like it really does make you happy then all the power to you and I think that's like someone's own personal like decision and experience for me I have like a really toxic relationship with photos and when I pose for things or try to get this a specific photo it really sets off like this evil side of me that feels insecure and can never look good enough and Like I, you know, when I was obsessed with Instagram and photos, like a few years ago, I mean, I would, I couldn't even go to an event or like a date or anything with my friends, a concert and like actually enjoy it unless we got Mm -hmm. the photos. 
like unless I had the Instagram. Mm -hmm. I was living for photos. And so for me, like if I were to try to do some sort of sort of photo thing, I know it would just kind of set me off. So I need to just part that's me recognizing, hey, I'm not perfect in this area. So how can I set myself up for success? I can just tell my photographer, I want lots of candids and I want to feel like you're taking photos. So I don't have to be stressing about, are you getting this hug? Are you getting this interaction? So, right. you know, like if, if you love that photo and like you wanted to pretend <laughs> like, you know, I don't think we should shame women for that either, you know? Yeah, I definitely got shamed, but thank you. <laughs> did all of this, like, did you already pick your photographer? Yes, I have a photographer, um, which is interesting because... Um, I was very stressed about the photo picking the photographer because of course you want beautiful photos. And like, it does matter that, that there's something you want to look back on and that you have the photo evidence. Um, however, you know, I also want to make sure that I have like a photographer I really trust and vibe with so that I don't have to worry at all about it. And I'm a content creator, so it's very hard for me to like let go of the reins. Right. Um, but I did find one, actually one of the photographers, my wedding planner had suggested, was already following me on Instagram. So I knew that this person like listened to RealPod, knew Max and I, like had a personal, you know, motive that was positive and then like expressed that they would be honored to shoot the wedding. And, um, you know, so that was special for me because I'm like, here's this great photographer and they're also going to treat this like wedding different than all the other weekends they have forever. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's like, that's very smart of you to strategically pick somebody that way who just like knows you already and knows your vibe. Because I know some photographers out there, I've heard like stories of them altering photos and editing. And it's like, well, it's 2022. Why are we still doing this? Yes. No, you have to make sure that they're on the same page as you. Um, Yeah. And yeah, and I think if I've learned anything from just like hiring a ton of freelance video videographers and photographers just for the work that I do every day, you have to be so specific. Like mm-hmm. you think someone's a professional, you might still have to say like, I don't want p- this type of photo or it doesn't matter to me to see the place settings. Like I'd rather mm-hmm. you be on the family reuniting. You know, you have to literally say everything, give a shot list so that you feel at least like you can go to sleep at night and know that you said it all. You know, I'd rather be right. that client that's annoying and um, too communicative and mm-hmm. maybe the photographer's rolling their eyes like, um, I know to take a photo of you guys kissing at the altar. Like I've done yeah. this before and I'd rather them be annoyed at me than me be like, I hope they get this photo. And then I'm like, you never took a photo of us when we were yep. leaving the altar, you know? So Yeah. It's one of my, the biggest regrets style. we have. I'm always like, make a shot list, you guys, because I that's one of we do a whole like segment on our Instagram called wedding regrets be, so that we can like share regrets brides have and people won't make the same mistakes and you know the audience loves it. But one of the biggest ones is that they didn't get the photos they wanted. So that can be avoided. Like you said in the mm-hmm. beginning, it's like prepare, prepare so that you can focus on being in the moment and focus on the love of your life who you're marrying. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, 
Good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. On the topic of shedding for the wedding, which I feel like is such an outdated thing, like luckily, like thankfully we're all moving away from that whole notion of like you need to drop pounds for the wedding. Why, what are some reasons like you think th- th- like that is still a thing or that is a notion today and how can we kind of like get our mindset of not being in it, if that makes sense? Well, for pretty much our entire lives, and especially when we look at, you know, our moms or the women in the generations before us, I mean, the most ideal celebrated version of a female was a thin, Mm. beautiful one. And like thin and beautiful were like synonymous, like the smaller you were, the skinnier you were, the less space you, you occupied, you know, the prettier you were, the healthier you were. Um, you know, the more idolized you became. And so we just still see the remnants of that today. I mean, we see that in everyday life. Um, But we also especially see it, I think, in wedding culture, because so many aspects of a wedding are like historic and traditional. And, you know, the bride is wearing white because she's symbolizing her purity because presumably she's a virgin and she's never had sex before. And (laughs) her dad's going to walk her down the aisle and hand her to another man who will now take care of her for her whole life. I mean, so many parts of the wedding are really rooted in like just old fashioned beliefs and some of which are still special in their tradition. And yeah, I'll have my dad walk me down the aisle because we want to do that. Um, But you know, along those same lines, I still think we like to view a bride as this very dainty, feather-like feminine angel that Mm -hmm. will tiptoe down the aisle. And, you know, that's how we view feminine, femininity, and that's how we view brides. So there is this stress in general for women to constantly shrink themselves, but then you take a bride and you take the pressure for this to be, you know, the best you've ever looked in your entire life, which is ridiculous and so much pressure. Um, you know, we just immediately go to weight loss, shrink yourself, um, sweat, shed, you know, whatever, if it's shedding for the wedding or sweating for the wedding. Um, and it's wild because guess what? You got your proposal like without having to change yourself and like someone wanted to be with you the way that you were. And so it is hilarious to think, oh, I've gotten engaged. Let me change every single thing about myself to get mm-hmm. married. I mean, the person that wants to be with you, they don't they don't care and they don't want you to do that. 
Right. They want you to look like yourself. They don't want you to transform and they'll be like, who, wait, who did I propose to? This person looks completely different. And I think it's totally okay to like want to look and feel your best on your wedding day. But yeah, like you said, it's just the pressure of like that you should look the best you've ever looked in your entire life. That's, it's just too much. I think it's something that feeds into that pressure is comments that we get from people, whether they're good or bad. Like, you know, we we always hear people kind of playing into that femininity thing of the bride that she should be this perfect, delicate little angel being like, you know, she looks like a princess in that dress, that stuff like that. What are some of the comments or what what are some ways to deal with different comments that we're hearing as brides? Like as as it pertains to like losing weight, even if it's from other family members and stuff. Like for example, I when I first got engaged, I remember my aunt saying right away, the first thing she said as her reaction to my engagement was, I, oh, I have to lose weight for your wedding. And mm-hmm. so what advice would you have for brides who are dealing with different comments about bodies and weight? Yeah, it depends on if it's being said about someone else in your presence. So like your aunt example, or if someone's saying it to you, it depends who's saying it. You know, I think there are a variety of different ways you could handle it. You know, the first could be just ignoring or subject changing. I've had so many people tell me they're losing weight for my wedding, my parents, like it's ridiculous. And I think you can, you can like, sorry, I'll stick with my first train of thought, which is ignoring or changing subjects. So your aunt says that and you're immediately like, okay, and what time are we headed out today? Or, and I've got to grab my phone, you know, just whatever. I'm not going to engage in that conversation. Two, you can confront it and you can say like to this person, you know, I really think uh, you're so wonderful the way that you are. And it hurts me to hear you feel like you're not good enough. Um, maybe it's, it hurts me to hear you say that because I can't help but think of my own body. Um, and I'm working on that. So however you want to like communicate that. You can set a boundary if you need to, which is like, hey, mom, I love you and I want you to be a part of this process with me. But that means you just can't continue to make comments about my body because it's not helpful. And I know you love me and I know you care about me, but this isn't a place in my life where I need help. And if I if I did, I would ask for your advice. You know, reminding people, I didn't ask. And if I mm-hmm. did ask, you would know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also... Um, you can prepare. So if you're going to enter a situation that could be, um, you know, triggering or unhelpful, like if you're going to go wedding dress shopping, you don't know who your consultant is going to be. You don't know what the bride on the pedestal next to you is going to be saying. You don't know what you're going to overhear in the dressing room. So before you go try on those dresses, maybe you take those deep breaths outside and you say, okay, It's very likely, sadly, it's very likely that when I go into this salon, I might hear a comment about, oh, that zipper went right up. Or are you going to order a size down? You know, whatever the comment is. And it might feel like a red flag to me, but I'm safe. Mm -hmm. I know my relationship with myself. I know I'm I'm worthy. I know I'm enough. Um, And when that comment arises, like I'm slightly prepared, you know, so I think Mm -hmm. that's helpful. Um, I think bringing a buddy in, I mean, the list goes on and on who can be there for you, a best friend, you can FaceTime, you know, it just really does depend on the situation. The, these are all such great, like actual tactics you guys can apply. This is like the best advice we've ever had. (laughs) Like, 
This is why I want this is just why I love it. I mean, this we've Thank never you. had a conversation like this about this topic. And so I think those are all really good tactics that you can apply, especially going into dress shopping, because that is a situation that has a lot of triggers for all of us, whether it brings out, you know, your insecurities about your body, whether it starts fights with family members, uh, you know, everybody's unsolicited opinions, everything like that. What did you encounter any of this during your dress shopping experience? I know that there was, you said in your podcast episode, which you guys all have to check out, um, there was a situation with one of the attendants in the stores that said something yeah, about. This wasn't even like that extreme, but it was just <laughs> like funny. This one at the show, actually, the first place I ever went to try on dresses just kept commenting on like, me having a really long torso and you know she was just like well you have such a long torso so xyz or well with a torso as long as yours xyz like i've never heard someone first of all like you use the word torso not in like a history like a, a, a freaking like science book when i was learning anatomy in like seventh grade also Legit. like just i feel like a long torso is not like traditionally a compliment like I think right. everyone wants long legs it's just a weird thing to say I've never thought that about myself no one's ever said that to me and this That's woman very probably had to say it. girl energy of her to just she had, like well she had to you. say it like six or seven times and so you know it was just interesting to me and like it's just so such it's lacking such self-awareness like you know you just don't make comments about someone else's body because you know, I'm able to make content for a podcast about that, but someone else right. might now have new new insecurity unlocked. <gasps> Are my legs short? Is my right. is my torso too long? Like that's why it's so important for us to be mindful of the language we use around bodies, whether it's our own or someone else's, and why I just refrain at all from ever commenting on someone's body, even compliments. Right. right. I, that's a huge. That's that's something like I feel like I learned very recently and. And that's something I think for people to keep in mind. It's like even compliments about somebody's body can can like especially about a bride when she's probably receiving so many. I just went to my best friend's wedding a couple weeks ago and I I heard so many people compliment on her looks and how how amazing she looked, how she must have been working out. It was just a lot. I I think like how that's actually a good question. Like if you are a bride and you're getting a lot of good compliments and they're making you feel maybe uncomfortable, how would you deal with that and like kindly get people to stop? It's tricky because, you know, like people are going, I think it's fine if people say you look beautiful or you look happy, you know, like just general statements I think are are appropriate. And I think that's a part of life. If someone tells you you look beautiful, that could mean and everything. It doesn't have to be specific. I think if someone says like your waist looks snatched in your dress or mm. your arms look super thin, you know, whatever, like those specific comments. Um, you know, I've had times where I'm close enough with my family where my mom will just be like, you know, Vic, your, your legs or your body look something specific. And I'm like, mom, I'm like, I don't like compliments like that. You know, maybe you have to like yeah. say it in a little funny voice so it doesn't seem as intense and the person doesn't get spooked. Um, you know, so I would just recommend, you know, expressing to this person, you know, I don't love those. I pre Or you could just say, I prefer compliments about 
my smarts and how funny I am and my style. You know, you could be playful that way. Right. Right. I like that. Okay. Still on the topic of dress shopping. We could talk about this for hours, honestly. (laughs) So you posted an interesting TikTok about how you were talking about how you didn't cry when you found the one. Which, you know, is definitely contrary to what we typically hear. You hear these stories of brides being like, I knew right away. My coworker literally was like, I knew it was the one. I, I bawled my eyes out and my family bawled, like whatever. Which I, I felt the same way as you. I didn't cry. I had looked at 85 dresses at this point and I think I was crying out of exhaustion. But <laughs> I, I was like, you know what? We'll go back. I kind of went back to that one. I tried it on one day liked it again, tried it on a second time, said, okay, I'm sick of looking at dresses. This is the one. Is that, what was your experience like? And like, why do, why do you think you didn't cry? Um, I think it's, well, first of all, uh, there's so much pressure on finding this dress, right? It just plays into like, is this the best you've ever looked in your life? And you're going to buy this dress that like is supposed to be jaw dropping it's also the most expensive piece of clothing you've ever bought, presumably. So you're really being particular about what it is. And you have this dream in your mind about you know what it's going to be. And for me, I, I just like wasn't getting that feeling with any of these dresses. You know, and I was a huge Say Yes to the Dress fan. I watched that show all the time, like in college, mm-hmm. growing up, even like, re- you know, before I was engaged. So you always see these brides cry and are you saying yes to the dress? And they have this moment and you're just like, oh, I wonder when I'm going to find the one. And I just didn't, I wasn't finding it. And I would have people in my life who were there with me be like, this is perfect. Like it has to be this one. And I was just like, Ugh, like it doesn't feel like me or I just don't feel the feelings. You know, I was so confused. And then eventually I was just like not having the most enjoyable experience because I just want to get it over with. Eventually you just want to like find a dress and it's exhausting right. to go. Okay. First of all, I want to recognize how privileged it is to be like, it is exhausting to go trying on yeah. beautiful gowns. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a luxury to be able to True. try on and afford, you know, a gown for your wedding. Um, however, it, it was a, becoming a stressful experience and I wasn't enjoying it. Um, and eventually um, you know, I said like, oh, I, I was in this dress and I started tearing up and my yaya was there and we were like, this is it. And we were going to do some like custom adjustment to like fix the neckline. And, and when the neckline was slightly different, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like, this is exactly, this is it. This is going to be it. And then the woman's like, okay, great. So are we good? And I was like, I'm like 99. I just want to sleep on it. And then we like go to lunch and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfect. I'm like trying to convince myself. And then the next day I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want that dress. Like it just doesn't feel like me. Right. And then, you know, out of nowhere, uh, we go to, um, a salon and it's a Galia Lahav where I ended up getting my dress. Uh, yes. I love, I love stunning, that which honestly I didn't think I would find a dress there. I was literally just going to try on dresses because I see it all the time on Instagram and you only get crown dresses once. So I'm like, right. you want to go to these places, even if you don't think you're going to find a dress. Anyways, I, I put this one on and I was like, I mean, this is perfect. Like I don't want to take it off. I love it so much. It makes me feel all the ways I wanted to feel. And even then I was like, I want to sleep on it because it's a big decision. And I didn't cry. And then we came back for the appointment the next week. I put it back on 
And I was like, yeah, this one, because I couldn't stop thinking about it. It appeared in my dream. I just felt like I wouldn't have regrets if I chose this dress and I haven't and I love it. And yeah, of course, are there like if I was freaking, you know, Blake Lively, could I customize some elements of it that I would think would make it absolutely? Yes, but like, it's great. And I'm being realistic and I love it. And I think it's beautiful. So, um, that was a very long story. Sorry, but I guess like no, moral of the story, no, I didn't cry. Um, two, yeah, I think there would be other dresses I could find that would be great, but like you have to move on with the process. You have a timeline. Exactly. I do love it. I'm so happy. And no, I, I didn't cry. And I think we should normalize that. We really, we really should normalize not crying throughout the whole you it's so funny because I can relate so much to the whole like not crying thing because I didn't cry with the dress shopping either and then you also speaking of not crying you created a TikTok talking about why you're not doing a first look and before I spoil it can you tell us about your reasoning for that and then we'll talk about the whole not crying thing yeah well I'm not doing a first look just kind of in relation to my earlier comments about photos being Mm -hmm. honestly a trigger for me. Um, So I just, when I think about a first look in my mind, it's the first look, it's the groom's first visual look at your appearance. And if I were to feel like Max was waiting to turn around to look at me, (laughs) for me to be so captivatingly stunning that he's going to have this facial reaction and burst into tears. And there's a photographer waiting to capture his expression. And I'm turning around like, ta-da! Like, (laughs) I don't know. That feels awkward to me. I don't want to do that. I feel like I will be so self-conscious about his expression. Was it good enough? Did he cry? Um, You see all these videos on TikTok. Like, if my man doesn't do this when I Mm -hmm. he sees me, then I don't want it. Like, that's just like, so not the point, like him, like how you look, you know, it's, it's more than that. And so for me personally, I know that the first look, that's how I would view it. And yes, I know there are other people who are like, that's not how I view it. It's the moment we first see each other. We get to hug each other. Great. Good for you. I'm envious. You can have that moment and that's what it is for you. It is just Mm -hmm. simply not that moment for me. I have the awareness to recognize it. So I would prefer for there not to be this insane amount of pressure on the first time Max sees me and for us to just see each other when we meet, take our death to us part vows. <laughs> That's so important. I, th- the fact that you just said you have the awareness to recognize it, I think that's like something that is going to make your whole, I mean, your life, but your wedding planning process just so much easier. Like, you know yourself so well and you have such like a, a clarity on what you want, which is so hard to do when wedding planning. Cause I mean, we end up when we're planning our weddings, we end up doing things that we don't really want. And we don't really, our fiance doesn't really want, but we do them because our friends or because of what we think people, what people will think, what, whatever it, it ends up guiding all of our decisions. So then the day ends up being like, not what you exactly want. And you have so many regrets, but you're not going to have that because you're you're very focused on what you want and you have that awareness. It's just so funny. Did you do one? I did. I did. What was, how was it? What was it like? <laughs> so here's the thing. And this, the listeners have heard me talk about it before. 
I did a first look because everyone was telling me you got to do one. You get the you get it out of the way. It's a very nice. Here's what they say: you get your photos out of the way, literally, yeah. because photos are so important now that it's like, mm-hmm. you know, isn't that wild? Yeah, exactly. And so me being the Instagram obsessed bitch that I am, I was like, "Yep, okay, I'm doing one." And literally, I, I like for a second, I was like, "This is ridiculous," because I, I knew Mike wasn't going to cry. I've seen him cry like once in our whole lives, and that was like when his grandma died. Like, mm. literally, he's not a crier. He shows his love to me every single day in other ways, just not by like crying. And we're working on it, I swear. But he um he didn't cry during the first look and then i was like i don't expect him to i i wear makeup and do my hair a, a lot throughout the week for like work and stuff i i kind of i didn't look that much different on my wedding day like hair and makeup wise than i do some days so right like it is kind of ridiculous of us to just expect them to like be so overcome with emotion at the sight of us like right said. and then it's like I mean, I would just imagine like we're we're then like just chilling there, and then we're taking our photos. And it's like okay, and then like now let's go get prepared to to do the wedding. I I don't know. And also, I about this idea of like looking the best you've ever looked. Don't you feel like you just have those random days where your skin looks good and your hair no, is like dried worry. nicely, and like you're just like looking in the mirror or your person's looking at you, and it's just, like you just like look really beautiful, and it's like so effortless. And so I think I just know like that's. I also think I'm trying to tell myself that's not going to be the best I've ever looked in my life because yeah, I'm trying for it. And whenever you try for something in life, you, it's it's never like you know. Yeah. Well, and I tell people on here, like, this sounds so cheesy, but I think, I truly think when you're confident and happiest, that's like, that weirdly like shows through your body. And that is when you look most beautiful. I mean, my skin clears up when I become like more confident and happy, whatever. So I think it's just like, that is what you should focus on being almost more than the beauty. Obviously still hire your hair and makeup artist and everything, which is, (laughs) which side note, my aunts told me this past weekend that they did their own, I guess this was a thing back when like our parents age people were young. They did their own hair and makeup for their weddings. Really? Because it's just changed so much. And honestly, I I could see myself doing it. However, I, it's the photos, the photos and the videos, it's not going to come through as much, which is just wild that it's like, you know, there's so much on that. And and mm-hmm. yes, to an extent, of course, I want beautiful photos. Like I'm not sitting here like, no one take photos at my wedding. I'm above it. But right. I am trying to just keep it in a level of of reason- reasonability. <laughs> right, <laughs> just, right. I'm trying to be reasonable with myself so that it doesn't become everything. Right. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of just like, you know, not doing a first look and everything, are you doing, are you not doing any other typical wedding traditions? It's so funny. People love, I see this everywhere on TikTok, like things Mm -hmm. I did that were untraditional, things I did that no one did. Like, I mean, there's something to be said about things are classic or they're done the way they are done because like you don't want to reinvent the wheel. They're great. Like when I was trying to work on finding the perfect engagement ring with Max, I know I was like saying to my mom, I just want something different. Like I don't want some things everyone has. And my mom's like, but the the classic beautiful thing everyone has because it's classic. Like you can't reinvent the wheel. And I bet you could if you're like really artsy, but we don't have a ton of things we're doing that are different than everyone else. And it's like, and then part of me feels like bad about that. Like my wedding is not going to be unique. I don't have a list of things I'm doing that are different. Like, Mm-hmm. You know, and it's ever, you know, so I, I think that's so interesting to me too, is because it's like a competition who can have the right. best ideas and the most unique wedding and do all these unique things. I, right. I like, of course we might want to do a few fun little things like, but no, I don't have these groundbreaking ideas that are going to make my wedding so much cooler than everyone else's. And if there was that idea, everyone would have done it already. I think you hit the nail on the head. It has become such a competition with TikTok. It's like every day you see a new TikTok of like this grandiose brand spanking new idea. I was one of those people doing them, like, which I was just like sharing my wedding experience on my TikTok. But I think it's just like, I think point of the story is you can still have a unique wedding because the thing that's unique about it is that you are the couple getting married. Totally. And and you, I mean, your vows are not going to be the same. Even if you did your wedding the exact same, the traditions the exact same as your best friend, it's still going to be a different wedding because it's the two people getting married and the guests there are different. Totally. Especially if the wedding reflects you and your partner, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, so we had a bunch of audience questions for you. So I pulled out some of the most common. These are just kind of like miscellaneous ones. Um, I don't know what this one's talking about. We had so many questions saying the bad wedding dreams. Did you say, did you? (laughs) This is showing that you have fans in the Betches Brides audience. (laughs) They were all like, tell her I'm having them too, but what do I do about mine? That is so... That is so funny. I have had two like kind of wedding bad dreams recently. And it's funny because I like hadn't been having them and then they started. And the first one was like, gosh, it was so many weeks ago. I can't remember, but it was something like I couldn't find my mom on the wedding day. (laughs) I was running around looking for her. I was in like this white slip dress and I wasn't in my dress and like everyone was waiting for me. Dreams are so dumb. Yeah, they're so dumb. And then I had another one that gosh, I don't even remember, but I think to call, I haven't really had to like actively take steps to prevent them because it's not that bad for me yet. But if I did get to that place, I think I would just try to do some meditations before bed. Like if you use the calm app or the headspace app, or if you go on YouTube, you can look up like bedtime meditation. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And I would really honestly do those to just clear my mind, really leave all of my worries, you know, in my office or at my desk for later, get into bed, take my deep breaths. Mm -hmm. Um, That would help me. And then I think also reminding yourself, like, this is the day you commit to your partner forever. It cannot be that bad of a day. Like it's it's <laughs> the bar for it is already higher than a normal day. So it might not be right. perfect, but it's still gonna be good. And so I think that thought also would just quell my anxiousness. That's so true. Like even if there is such a huge thunderstorm and your ceremony's ruined, well, guess what? You're still lucky enough to be marrying the love of your life on that day. So keep that right. in mind because if you truly love them, you'll still be happy in a way. Even though we also we all want our weddings to go smoothly and that's there's nothing wrong with that obviously, but but yeah. That's funny because the wedding dream, I feel like that's just such a common bride thing. Everybody has that dream where they're not ready for the wedding day and the wedding day gets there and then yeah, you're not ready for it and it's happening like without you. Yes. Um, Yeah, I would say do the meditation stuff before bed like Victoria said and also um, preparation is key. I always say it, but like if you feel prepared and you are checking things off your to-do list and not really procrastinating when it comes to planning your wedding, I think that is a good way to just like feel like you're doing all that you can. And also just like delegate because you can't do it all. That's for sure. Okay. So kind of going on that note, you know, your thing obviously is mental health. You've talked and given amazing advice on dealing with depression and anxiety. How do you deal with all of this with – or what advice would you have for dealing with all of this with the wedding stuff? Like just the anxiousness and the feeling of being so overwhelmed when wedding planning. There's so much here. And I think the biggest theme when I think about mental health in relation to wedding season is just the inevitable really high highs and then the really low lows. Because people in general feel like a come down off of just a fun weekend with your friends. But with these events like a bridal shower where everyone is there to celebrate you and talk about your wedding and it's so fun. And then everyone's gone, it's over and it's Monday and you're at work and no one's talking to you about it and it's over. Or like your bachelorette party or your the actual wedding, I mean, or the engagement weekend. Like I just feel like I've really been experiencing these come downs um, because, and it's not even like, oh, I'm not the center of attention or no one's talking about me. It's more so at each of these experiences, you're receiving so much love from all these people that you really care about and everyone's united in the same place together and everyone has pressed pause from their monotonous schedules of working to make money to pay for my life to die like you've all put that on pause to come be with each other and laugh and celebrate and like experience love and express love and so just the come down from that is hard because Mm -hmm. if we could we would want to just wake up and spend every day with the people that we love and have fun with and, and do nothing but we can't so You know, I think um, I have tried to kind of ease those come downs a little bit. So like after my bridal shower weekend, my, which my bridal shower was one event for three hours, but I say weekend because, um, (laughs) you know, I did like a dinner the night before with friends. I didn't have a weekend party for myself. Um, But, you know, my, (laughs) my, one of my best friends stayed 
with me in LA for the Monday and the Tuesday night after. She had like work here to do and whatnot. But I found that I was actually really nice for me because I wasn't by myself all day long and Max was at work and I was just like, bye everyone. You know, I had someone here. Mm-hmm. We could talk a little bit more, keep rehashing it, just spend time together. Um, you know, as I look at like the wedding schedule, um, I'm really making sure that I'm not super packed with work the 10 days leading up to the wedding so I don't feel drained and anxious. And like the last thing I want to do is go into my wedding. Like, I just feel like I'm drowning and everything. Like if anything, I want to feel understimulated. Like I I purposely didn't do enough. Um, And then after the wedding, it's like, I want to make sure I give myself a day, you know, afterwards. And then the next day we'll leave for our honeymoon. So I'm really just trying to look at um, these events and really ease the transition so that I'm not experiencing these really drastic highs and lows. Cause I think for someone with anxiety or if someone has depression, you know, those experiences I think could only exacerbate or increase the severity of those emotions. That's such good advice. And speaking of the highs and lows, I've never thought about it that way before. And I've like analyzed this whole, like how to feel anxious and stressed topic um at nauseum but that is so true like the you're you are emotionally going through such highs and lows we, there's such a common theme that this audience always asks about and talks about and it's the post wedding blues have you heard oh, yeah. anything anything I, about I, that? I've heard about this actually I was talking to Katie Couric shameless plug oh and oh my goodness. she Go said off. That her, she said that her daughter went into like a light little depressive state after her wedding because it was such a amazing fun experience and it's over and I a thousand percent can see me me feeling that way and you know what I feel that way a little bit now once again it's not even like this conceited I want to be the center of attention it's more so oh my gosh like my whole life I've dreamed of these moments like I dreamed of my engagement how would it happen who would propose to me what would what would it be? And then it's like, that was months ago. It's past me. I think I have this like existential crisis around just aging and time passing and time moving faster than we're ready for. And I look mm-hmm. at my parents and they look a little bit older. And like, you know, you just, you just remember dreaming of these days and these days are here. And then guess what? These days are gone. And that is right. sad. And it's okay to be sad about it, you know? Right. And I also think like, the timing aspect, society kind of tells us like right after the wedding, you're supposed to be like buying a house and managing your finances really well with your new partner and having children and whatever. And so I think like that adds to the feelings of like stress and post-wedding blues too because it's like this this thing that you've been planning for a year goes by in the blink of an eye and then all of a sudden you're expected to do all these other things like and you're just like whoa let me I just got off my high of the wedding let me like take a beat I don't know I just tell people I guess my my advice for post-wedding blues I tell people (laughs) Just have the honeymoon to look forward to. Don't do the honeymoon right after the wedding. Do you know what you're doing yet for your honeymoon? Um, wait, your advice is to not go right after the wedding? <laughs> Correct. Because I think I liked having mine to look forward to. I did it like a month after. And I also had to go back to work. And like Mike had to. It was like his busy season at work. Yeah. So that's partly why. But um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's so interesting because I totally see the I totally see the pros of that. Um mm-hmm. Um, for us, it's tough because Max has such 
a crazy fall because in the fall he's got two jobs. He's not only doing real estate, but he's also a football analyst. So every weekend he's got Stop. games, he's always traveling. And so for cool. me, I'm like, I could continue. I'm like, we can go right after the wedding and I can get like these three weeks, two to three weeks of my life, not just the honeymoon, but the wedding and everything that right. are like the best ever. And then come home and like Max, we go back to normal life or we have this amazing wedding and then Max is, I don't see him for like four or five months and then we do our honeymoon. So I'm like, I think for us and with his work and stuff, I want to do them next to each other. Um, but there's such pros and cons to everything. And I think that's totally right. a decision that like, yeah, based on, um, I was talking to someone yesterday who said that they wish that they did it differently and they spaced it out. So I think it just really depended on the, the couple and the, the job sitch and your personalities. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's I, I I liked it because it again like had something to look forward to. I admittedly hadn't like finished planning the honeymoon by the time I got to the wedding. Mike and I kept looking at each other and being like, I don't know how we would have left straight from the wedding. Like we had stuff. I had like Etsy signs for the wedding and things with yeah. me. I don't. I we and we essentially had like a destination wedding for us at least a destination because we live up in New York and my wedding was in Maryland. So it was just like too much for us to even think about leaving to go to Africa for two weeks after. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, there's we could talk about post-wedding blues and how to deal with that. And I'll, I'll come back when I'm in it. Oh, I don't even know. You're coming. <laughs> no, you are. By the way, I never asked you, when is your actual wedding? I cannot reveal that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're actually not revealing i mean no i don't want all these people on the internet like oh, messaging oh. me like one week away two weeks away like talk about anxiety smart i smart. cannot have that um so i was so kind of fun. kidding but i'm also being serious <laughs> no honestly that's okay that is okay trust me i it's so fun. you and i are having very different experiences like Did i you had share it with everyone did I share? Oh my God. Wasn't this, it a the, lot the, though? Everyone knowing exactly when you were going to get married? Yes. And I, I, you, you are doing all the right things by not letting people know. I, this sounds like the audience is going to be like, Nicole, are you kidding? Like we didn't even, I, nobody asked for your wedding content. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I, I know I'm not that cool. No one really cares when is Victoria Garrick's wedding. No, you I, do though. Oh, I we do. do. But I do know that like, I, I just, I cannot have that pressure. It's going to be too much. Like people, if they knew when it was, and then they were messaging me ahead of time or they were tagging mm -hmm. me in things like, and then it's also like, I don't want to give people expectations. I already have expectations and everyone coming to my wedding has expectations. The last thing right. I want is a million people on TikTok counting down the days to, to, to watch this content that maybe it's not even that good. Maybe they hate my dress. Like I would rather them just be like scrolling on a random day and be like, Oh, Vic got married. And then it's like, they're yeah. going to just, it, they're just going to like and probably enjoy it and be less like I've been anticipating it, you know? Right, right. Yeah, that's a really good way to think about it. I mean, I felt all the pressures of it, but I I also just enjoyed I mean, I was going through like a midlife crisis throughout the whole... We ended up postponing our wedding. I was hosting this podcast all during like the whole wedding planning process. I So we postponed. I shared that journey like as being a Corona bride. It was a whole... I don't know. I enjoyed it, but it was a lot of pressure. Let's just, let's just get real about that. Okay, a couple more questions from the audience. Do you have thoughts on 
the pressure to get Botox and cosmetic procedures pre-wedding. What's your I'm so curious like what's your outlook on those things? Do you have Botox? No, I don't have anything. Um I feel like if someone wants to do that, that's totally their choice. I have so many friends with lip filler and Botox and mm-hmm. implants and whatnot. Like, so I'm not a like, if you get Botox, I'm not aligned <laughs> with you. I mean, I don't feel that way at all. Whatever you want, you know, you do what mm-hmm. you need to do. Um, I do think that, you know, those actions stem from, you know, someone's feelings about how they fit into society's standard of beauty. Um, I just feel like you can't ignore the fact that like, if you're going to change something about your appearance, it probably has something to do with you not liking that because you've been told it's not good enough, or you've been told you shouldn't Mm -hmm. age, or you've been told that this is what's pretty and you want to look closer to that. So personally, I, I'm in a current stage of life where I like to kind of rebel against that. Um, I also am privileged in that I am closer to this Eurocentric standard of beauty than a lot of people. So I don't know what it is like to have, you know, a nose that is sh- that is not shaped in this very white way. Um, if I had a, right. like a different looking nose, maybe I would have felt insecure and I would have gotten a nose job. So you know, I also recognize that. And the last thing I want to do is like with my straight little nose here, you know, hate on people who get nose jobs. So I think, you know, it's, it's up to everyone and I don't shame that. And I think it's great. My one rule is just transparency. If you get a nose job, if you get Botox, if you get implants, if you get lipo, just be honest about it and don't sell people your squats and kale meal kit because that's where it's a problem for me. <laughs> I, I truly love that. I, th- that's a really great way to look at it all. Just so you, everybody on this podcast knows, I have Botox. And then before my wedding, it's worn off by now because this was long before. But I got a little bit of lip filler. And that's all. I've never had under eye. I've never had the A little cheeks. lip filler doesn't hurt anyone. I feel like everyone Listen. does that these days. A little lip filler. Well, and never my, hurt nobody. <laughs> it never hurt nobody. And my father is a plastic surgeon. Like I'm privileged so in that way to get, wow. to get the free. But I even mean, like that's tempting. <laughs> but this, I know, right? And my sister is a rep for one of the big companies that sells uh, Galdarva sells Dysport, a form of Botox and filler. So it's like my family's <laughs> in that industry. Um, but I never get to like go travel down there during weekdays and go into the office to get it. So I'd never even end up getting it for free. But yeah, um, yeah that's a whole different yeah. story. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the perfect way to look at it though. Like if, you know, I, I don't feel pressured to, I know like uh, you see influencers doing it. I think it is so important to be transparent, like you said, because it's like, w- it shouldn't be something that we're hiding and we're like acting like we just magically look like this for our wedding day. And, and yeah, I mean, that's that. Um, I forgot to ask because we had so many questions. Are you, are you okay with sharing your bridal shower dress deets? Oh, everybody wants it. Everyone wants that outfit. Yes. My bridal shower outfit is from Zimmerman. So it was quite the purchase, um, but you know, I work hard. I liked the dress. I bought it for myself. I was actually mm-hmm. very anxious about it. I think something else with weddings is like 
inherent judgment. Like this isn't good enough. This, this person was so cheap or, oh my gosh, this person spent so much. Like, I can't believe they would do that. And so I was super nervous about that after I got it because I was like, oh, I got it. And I was so excited. And I didn't think, you know, I, I was like, great. And then I was like, oh wait, Victoria, you post on the internet and everyone follows you and they're gonna ask where it's from. And it was very expensive. So um, fortunately, everyone was actually super supportive and like no one was mean to me about it. Um, but I think that's like, you know, another thing is like as a woman, you feel like purchases you make are going to be judged. So, yep. So, yeah, but it was from Zimmerman. And um, I was actually going, my original plan was I'll wear it once, I'll resell it, and I'll like make my investment back. And then everyone loved it so much. And it was so special that I'm like, I think I want to keep it because I think I can wear the top with jeans and I could wear the skirt yes. with sweaters and I can like totally rewear it. <laughs> yeah, you need to keep that's a keeper. I mean, the the half of our like I was scrolling through the responses in the question box and half of those were about the dress. I was like, I'll ask or the top or the set, whatever it was. It was gorgeous <laughs> with the florals. But yeah, no, the inherent the judgment thing, I'm like you guys, we need to stop judging people's wedding decisions. If they want, if they have the means, lucky for them, if they have the means to get married on a yacht in Ibiza, <laughs> then let them do it. <laughs> then let them do it and like let them rock it. If they don't, don't judge them for that either. Like I just, we need to, it's our wedding days. Let us do what the fuck we want and wear what the fuck we want and spend what we want. If we okay. This was so great. Before we move on to unpopular opinions, do you have any last like advice just for brides going through all this? Or is there anything that we didn't get to? We're having I, you back on. I so actually got a good piece of advice um, recently that I'm just going to share and like take it with a grain of salt. I asked this um, bride, you know, I asked this, I, whatever, I'll, I'll get to the point. And she was like, here's my advice. Don't ask for advice. And I was just like, whoa, because whoa. all we do is go around asking people, what is your advice? What would you do? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, don't ask people for advice. Just do what you want to do. Plan it the way you want to plan it. And, you know, I think there's certain times, yes, it's important to get like feedback and avoid mistakes. But I really think about that. And it keeps me from like just literally being at lunch with people like, oh my God, you got married. Any advice for me? I don't want your advice. I don't know you that well. That's overwhelming. I'm only going to be very selective about who I ask advice from. So I share that. Take it how you will. I really like that, which is kind of negating this whole podcast because it is wedding advice. <laughs> no, but you're, but you're someone no. I would want advice from. Like you're an, I would call you. you an expert in the field. Like oh you have God. the experience. You talk to everyone. No, that's really true. I think it's so true. You get caught up in just like asking everyone's opinions and advice when you know yourself. We all know ourselves deep down. Like go with your gut decision and it'll end up being the wedding that you set out to plan that you want and that you're happy with because, um, yeah, you need to march to the beat of your own drum in this world to be happy. Okay. Unpopular opinions. These are submitted by our audience each week, and they're kind of harsh. They're, um, but you know, we read them anyways. <laughs> Sometimes they can be harsh, and we're just gonna say whether we agree or disagree with them and why. So the first one: no one should see your dress before the big day. Besides, who bought it with you? I agree in the sense that, like, people. Sh- actually, I disagree. I only brought two people with me. Um, and I did want to show like my other best friends who just didn't live in the state and couldn't see it. So 
I think you can, I definitely think you should limit it to a small group of people, but just because your one best friend didn't live in your state and couldn't come doesn't mean they should just not be able to see it if you wanted them to see it. Yeah, I don't know. My stance on this has changed for sure. I think I I wish I didn't show people my dress before the big day and this podcast audience is How many people did you show though? Everyone. I was doling out photos to like coworkers, friends, aunts, uncles, everybody except for Mike. Literally, people would ask me Why? and I'd be like, here. I was literally just like, here, because I'm too nice and I'm a pushover sometimes. I was. I'm, I've grown since then. But I people would be like, let me see your dress. And I'm, I didn't have the balls to be like, no, I don't want to. So I'd just be like, sure, here. And and I liked it too. So I wanted – I like oh my showing God. it I off. T- I totally have the – I totally have the – the pussy not to show people. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, oh, yeah, I, why am I saying ball? <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I just, you know, my little feminist gets of the day. Um, but I have gotten a little bit too dress happy. Like I'm at, I'll be at lunch with like these random people that don't know me and aren't coming to my wedding. So I'm like, oh, I'll show you because like it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then I'm, I left like Victoria, why did you do that? So now I'm not showing anyone, anyone, but I only very, I can count the amount of people who've seen it. That's good. That's good. Some best friends. That's what my best friend who I'm a bridesmaid for. She's not showing anyone except for I think just her mom went with her, which is also a smart thing to do. Don't bring a whole brigade with you yeah. to go shopping in my opinion. But um and I just was like I'm so jealous cuz I I remember specifically a family certain family member when I showed them my dress before the wedding, they just you could see that they were so underwhelmed. I think they expected me to be in like a lacy beady gown and mine was just more simple. And I, I like their their face showed like underwhelmness and that got <gasps> in my head and then I was like do I even like my dress? And then I was like Nicole are you oh kidding? My gosh. Yes. I just want to give you a hug. I hate that. <laughs> No, it's fine. I mean, I like went through a hate phase with my dress and then I loved it again and loved it on the day of. So see, I've had I've had some really great reactions to which I'm like, I have a perfect record. I don't want to screw it up because I'm nervous that's gonna happen too. With a Galia Lahav gown, nobody's gonna underreact. I just I, I don't know what your dress looks like, but I you can't go wrong with Galia. Oh my gosh, Lahav. but see, that's another thing I'm feeling pressure is because I think everyone thinks they know what it would look like because they yeah. know the designer, and I'm just like it's not what you're thinking, I promise you. And so that scares me too, as if they're going to be let down because they know who it, where it's from. I'm pumped to see it, honestly. Can't wait till the day. Um, okay, 51% of our audience disagreed that no one else should see your dress. So fifty, a little over half are saying, go show. Go show the dress. Okay, next one is donut walls are gross. <laughs> Well, I don't want to, I, this, you're right that this is harsh because I don't want to like hate on people for doing what they want. I don't like donuts in that way. So I wouldn't do one because I'm not a donut person, but it's against the the kindness of my heart to, to, to say something mean. (laughs) Right. I agree. I don't want to yuck somebody's yum, especially when it's come, when it comes to weddings, because that's a very sensitive time. But I think they're like, like I could see now after COVID times that they're unsanitary almost with just like hanging on walls and people like grabbing with their hands. I don't know. I could see like that in that aspect, maybe saying gross, but um, I don't know. I think they're fun, but I I picture more like instead of a wedding, I picture a donut wall at like a first birthday 
party with the theme being like the donut something about like donut grow up that's a theme <laughs> but yeah so 63% of our audience in our Instagram poll agreed that they are gross sorry guys harsh okay the next one no one wants to spend their long holiday weekend at your Sunday wedding It depends on the couple. If you're like a fringe couple that I'm already like kind of bums that we have to go to the wedding and like spend the money, then agree. But if you're a couple that like we love and everyone's going to be there who are people we want to be with on the holiday, then like agree. So yeah, but I'm not going to be annoying. I'm going to make a pick. Overall, I think I would say agree. Yeah. I mean, listen, I get that sometimes venues charge less less money for a Sunday wedding and um, or a Friday wedding, which I love a Friday wedding. To have all the Friday weddings you want, I almost did a Friday intentionally, not even because of cost. But Sunday weddings, I just – I've said it before on here. I'm sorry if you guys are having one. Please don't hate me and come for me. But like I ha- get such anxiety on Sundays. I'm a huge buzzkill usually on a Sunday. So like the th- you don't want me at your wedding well, on, if it's I on a Sunday. I don't mind a Sunday wedding. I was more thinking like this is a person who's like it's 4th of July weekend and we want everyone yeah. at our wedding. Like when I was thinking like long holiday weekend, that's what I was thinking. But if someone that's had a true. Sunday wedding like – I'm also biased because I'm self-employed. So if I had to wake up at a hotel on a Monday, like I could still work. Mm, That's kind of nice. That is nice. Um, No, holiday weekend. See, I would almost like that. I I suck at planning ahead, both Mike and I. That's one of our things we work on as a couple. So like when it comes to holiday weekends, sometimes we have like good plans or most of the time we don't like, we're just like, what do we do? And at the last second end up like doing something. But I would almost, I kind of like when weddings are put around holidays because it gives you a holiday plan, if that makes sense. So I'm going to have to disagree with the holiday weekend one. 64% of our audience agrees with you, though. They agree that nobody wants to spend their long holiday weekend at your Sunday wedding. So just interesting. All right. Well, thank you so, so much, Victoria. This was literally such a great conversation, such a great episode. Your advice was amazing. Where can everybody find you? Thank you for having me, Nicole. I had so much fun, truly. Everyone can find me um, in the podcast world at RealPod is my show. You can listen wherever you stream. And I am on Instagram um, at Victoria Garrick. And through Instagram, you can pretty much find everything else. That's how it is these days. Truly. And your content is just incredible all the time. So go oh there, my you gosh. guys. You're so nice. Thank you so much. And I cannot wait to like deep dive stock your entire wedding because I like oh. I found your content post your wedding. So I just like don't know why I didn't even think to go back and stock, but I'm so excited to go stock right now. Oh, <laughs> oh get ready. And get now I'm like now I'm like lowering your expectations. Listen, it like wasn't anything. To, it was just It's going to be amazing. And I love the staged photo. So F the haters. The staged photo. As long as it makes you happy, then I'm defending you. Thank you. I truly, I didn't even know what was going on. I think I was like, uh, hi. Uh, (laughs) Truly, honestly. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, We will definitely be stalking you for when your wedding comes. And we want to have you back on. Just so, just know that for after the wedding. We'll do a recap. Yes, we, we need to. All right. Well, till death do us part. 
The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Nicole Pellegrino, Sean Kilby, and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at betches.com. Betches.